Brent, Carl, and Sean. Got two of the sexy dad bods here with myself and Carl. How you doing, Carl? As usual. Yep. <laughs> the best. The, the the best is always saved for first, right? It is. It's supposed to be for last, but I don't know how that phrase goes. But, uh, how you doing, man? I'm good. I, it's been a minute since uh, we've been been together. I know we did a a small smidgen of a podcast when we were together down in Phoenix, which was really good seeing you guys. It's always good getting together. Yeah. We were, we were together, like literally together for three days. It was pretty cool. In like Flint. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was yeah, in, I went to Dallas this last week. We were going to go to DC. Plans got kind of canceled on that. So we ended up going to Dallas and, had a oh. really, really good time. Had a lot of fun. I haven't been to Dallas ever. It seems like it's hot this time of year. Every place is hot this time of year. I mean, it's what, like 102 I mean, in Salt Lake right now? <laughs> uh, no, nah, it's only 93. Yeah. So it's actually cooler than Phoenix. We, uh, we took but, the... Yeah, it's a, it's been a lot brighter, a lot hotter this last week. I've noticed that. Yeah. So we took a, a tour of um, Jerry Jones's palace, his uh, oh. his football stadium there where the Cowboys play it. And I'll I'll tell you if you're ever in Dallas, that's definitely a, a tour worth doing. Even even if you're not into sports, it's a very incredible place. It's it's pretty spectacular. Um, how everything's they, put together. Did you tour the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Uh... Locker room? Or did. What do they do? When t- so oh, okay. you you go like out into the open area. You go upstairs, up high, and see stuff. They talk about the video board. You go down low and into the Dallas Cowboy. First, you go into the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders locker rooms. Oh, oh, yeah, that's the best place to be. And then you go yeah. over to the regular locker rooms, and you know everybody, all the players got their name plates. And then you go kind of out onto the field level there, and um, one of the stops was inside one of the suites and stuff. And it's 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 worth the tour. It's it's very very cool tour. Um, so what was her name, the cheerleader that was escorting you around? Oh, it wasn't a cheerleader. It was this guy who was awesome. <laughs> he really was. He was former Marine. Um, he was texting full and through, you know, he kept giving me a hard time about my Niners and, and I kept bringing up, you know, how come there's no pictures of the catch from Clark in 81? Where's that picture at? You know, it's that, <laughs> but, um, no, it, it awful lot of fun. And I, I recommend that's, that's something worth doing if you're ever in the Dallas area. Well, yeah. I mean, the last couple of weeks have been kind of uneventful, kind of nice. Um, look, you know, uh, like I made some big changes on yeah. the trip, and, and you know, things are moving along on that. A couple different projects I'm working on, and uh, heading to Florida this week, so it should be fun. And I'll give you guys some information on that. Yeah. Maybe even we can podcast from Florida and Tennessee and phoenix next week maybe we'll see have a uh, i wanted to talk about this a little bit i did see a pretty cool movie mm-hmm. and i will recommend it to our audience it's called uh so- sound of freedom uh it's about a a guy named tim ballard who was a dea or no he was a home homeland security agent and basically uh i knew about this guy a while back he was he's from utah um 
you know, I mean, you could kind of tell he has 18,000 kids in the movie and, you know, um, but it's kind of funny in the movie, he's drinking Coors Light, but, you know, but from knowing the background, I kind of knew about this guy already. I knew about his organization, but I, I didn't, I mean, the way they did this movie and the way it came out was, was pretty awesome. And uh, it's about child trafficking and what a big problem that's been. Um, and it's not just been a problem just recently. It's been a problem for a number of years. And this movie took five years to get out because Hollywood and I think there's more to it. I mean, you and I have talked about uh, and Sean have talked about conspiracies for quite a while. But, you know, with the Epstein scandal, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, it's really icky that these adult men had these young teenage girls flown into this dude's island. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this, this is like a big business for the cartels down in Mexico and, and across South America. And, so and the CIA. Store, yeah. And the, well, it could be, yeah, you're right. Well, this story about this, Mr. Ballard, he, he was Homeland security and one of his jobs was to bust all the pedos. And so I'll just talk about this first part of the show. So it was, he was, Busting this creepy, creepy dude who had like a closet full of porn of young little boys and girls. And so he tricks him into giving him some information for a sting operation uh, to save this little boy. And uh, so that's how it starts. And basically, his partner basically said to him, He says, You know, this is really. I mean, they had busted all these pedos, and he's just like, that's all we're doing. We're just busting the end user. Yeah. What we need to get is the distributor, the person that's actually causing the trouble. So this organization that Tim's uh, created is called Operation Underground Railroad. And, of course, the only people that don't like the organization are the same people you see in the news that hammer anything that uh, – yeah, it makes you wonder, really wonder yeah. what's really going on. You know, I, I had seen something from Mel Gibson who gave a very, very strong plug. I, I don't know if he's behind the movie or or not, but he was um, talking about... The guy that did Jim Caziesel. Uh-huh. Is that how you pronounce his name? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, the guy... But, yeah, but Mel Gibson has said, you know, I mean, and, and he's very, very blunt. He's, he's like, you know, yeah. we have a very serious issue going on right here in our own backyards with our own neighbors and it is child sex trafficking and and he he said and what he says is is the first step to eradicating this is making it aware and this is the first step of making it aware go see and then you know he mentions the name of the movie well just so you guys know they don't show any actual child porn or Anything that's too over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's PG-13, right? Yeah, yeah, it will piss you off. I mean, I was yeah. I was ready to tear someone's head off by the end of that show. But but at the end of the movie, I mean, it has a good ending, I'll say that. And you, you go away. I mean, you bring some Kleenex because you will tear up. You'll, I literally cried a couple times because it, it's just sad. And these are these are kids outside of the United States, by the way. Mm-hmm. The, the, and I know it happens here in the United States as well. But 
Um, you know, this I just can't imagine living in some of these countries, being raised your entire life, and then having to worry about someone snatching you from your yeah. dad. Yeah. As you're sitting in your house. I mean, that's yeah. just crazy. They just come in and take anyway. them. I, I, and I've seen or I've heard some stories how true they are. I don't know. But I've heard some disturbances that have taken place with the movies. For example, um, there were a group of ladies that were talking about on a TikTok how they purchased tickets for this. And then maybe 45 minutes later, they were refunded the money back. And so uh-huh. they called and they're like, what's what's going on here? And they said, oh, well, you know, the, the power is out and the, the air conditioning is out in the theater. And, uh-huh. and they're like, well, why didn't you just say that when you refunded the money and give us the, an opportunity? Like, we can still see the movie, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can still see the movie, you know. But just kind of, uh-huh. again, I, I don't know if it's true, but uh-huh. I've, I've heard a couple little instances of, of, you know, where they've tried to curtail or not show the movie in certain places, which have well, let's see, drawn a lot of suspicion. Rolling St- well, the Rolling Stones came out with a terrible, terrible review of the the magazine yeah the dude that did the review looked like he smokes pot every single minute of his life but the reality but the point is he just came out and just trashed it and none of the things that he said were actually correct at all so So we didn't watch anyone who yeah i i'm sure he didn't i'm sure he just got talking points from someone but i hey if 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 anybody they they are doing a pay it forward type program so if anybody has a problem right now going to the movie theater because they, they don't have the money. It's okay because, you know, things are kind of tight right now. Uh, they do have a pay it forward program. It's called Angel Studios, A-N-G-E-L Studios.com. Just look it up on Google. And they have you can sign up for some free tickets. And I recommend while it's still in the theater, it's probably only going to be in the theater three or four weeks because it's just a small studio. Uh, but funny thing, first week, guess who has more money? Between Indiana Jones, yeah, it outsold it. It's outsold them. Yeah, so so that proves there is a market for people with good values who want good movies, and so that's why it's very important audience to go out and support these movies when they come out like this, and not just see it at home, but watch it out the theater. And plus, watching the theater was pretty good. This is a good movie. This isn't one of those cheesy Bible shows or. Born, you know, evangelical shows that you see out there. Some of them are still pretty good. I like some of those movies, but but this is high end, well done, uh, Hollywood level type movie. You'll be entertained. Uh, you'll cry. Um, it'll make you think, and that's what I like most about a good movie. Is it'll make you think. It was almost as good as Schindler's List. Um, that movie was like one of a kind. You'll right. never see one like that again. But uh, it was almost to that level. So um, go see it. Well, and, and that was my plug. And you know, like like our good friend and fellow podcaster Mel Gibson said, you know, uh, I mean, I, you, I know, I know, you call him Melly G because you guys are pretty tight and yeah. stuff. But yeah, you know, right. the the first step is you know, understanding that there actually is a problem, and it sounds like that this is a pretty good. Um, movie to go and see. Mel needs a haircut, though, man. He's looking... He's looking he, he looked pretty trimmed up. You know, <laughs> you we, think he looked trimmed up? Yeah, he did. Oh. He, yeah, when, when he gave this little plug, he did. Yeah, you know, he didn't... 
Well, you you look a little trimmed up. Did I did. I, I did. I, I got a haircut on uh, Friday, and uh, yeah, it looks good. Trimmed up a you little look bit. Good, dude. It's also yeah. the headphones, probably that kind of smashed everything. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell so. if that's a yellow or orange shirt, but it's yeah, orange. You look, it looks good. It's orange. Okay, yeah. all right. A little yeah, Tennessee right. orange Tennessee going orange. on. There. So, <laughs> well, guess what we missed when we were at Glenn's funeral, and you you were you've wanted to do this for a couple weeks now, right? Yep. We had our Father's Day. Um, it was actually, I think, the weekend after, wasn't it? I can't remember what it was. It's been, been yeah. a minute. <laughs> it's been a crazy few weeks. It has. And, you know, to reiterate with, with Glenn's funeral, um, it was, it, I think, far too often we see people we haven't seen in a very long time. And it's always so good to... to become reacquainted but it always appears like it's at a funeral or something like that when we you know see people again who we haven't seen in in some time and that's what makes it sad but i think it all it's also kind of what you know re rekindles you know past experiences and and time that we've had together and um i i enjoyed being with you guys it, it was a lot of fun we, we had some good meals we had some good laughs um you know, we had a great final day there together. I, I know you spent an extra day with with Sean and his wife. It was very kind of them to pull your sorry ass in and let them let you stay with them. But um, you know, it was good. I, I had a yeah, great time. Good, I had a really good, good time. And, and and his wife's awesome. So hopefully she's listening to our podcast now. <laughs> so. Uh, Anyway, we really appreciate you and your in your. We had a great breakfast that morning before you it's left. Fantastic! So oh yeah, it nice. yeah, it was, it was nice meeting her and yeah. So it was very enjoyable. Turns out Sean's the anti-social person, and so uh, that doesn't surprise me though. Yeah, I'm, Look, he's not I'm, even here today. I'm, I'm hoping that you know between you, myself, and and Rachel, we can help him overcome this this yeah, anxiety blanket that he holds over his head. <laughs> Just kidding, Sean. We love you, bud. <laughs> hey, since you're not here, you can't defend yourself. Right. So that's, that's, that's punishment. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we had talked about putting together a Father's Day episode and, and kind of honoring, you know, our, our own fathers. Um, just because, you know, the, the three, you know, between Kent, my dad, and, 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 your, and Sean's dad, Dale, um, Sean's twin, um, you know, they're, they're good people, you know, and, and, and they're three men that have had an impact on all three of our lives, um, you know, growing up. And, you know, as I've mentioned before, I've had some business dealings with, with your dad as, uh, you know, we were both mules running cocaine across the Mexican border. And so, um, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Kent yeah, or Kent, that was supposed to be Kent, yeah. Kentavo. Sorry, it was known as Kentavo to the to the oh, cartel did down there. Did you see that Clint Eastwood movie called The Mule? It's a great show. It's fantastic. That was an awesome show, yeah. oh, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, I love the part movie. where he's pulled over and he's with those guys and those they're sweating. They're like, "Oh, I got one more thing. It's in the back of my truck here. Oh, hold on, just a minute." You know, and they're like, got their guns all loaded and stuff, and he comes out with this. Pie. He's like, oh, you got to try this. It's magnificent. You know, <laughs> it's great. 
great show. Yeah, the cartel was smart, man. That's how I'd have a guy like him running my money too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm thinking about doing it in my retirement. You know, I've done Uber. I think it's a good plan. I think it's a step yeah, above yeah. Uber being, you know, well, a mule. And um, okay, well, I was going to ask you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, funerals are tough for everybody, mm-hmm. especially people who've had to do this more than one time. And I think each one of us, the three of us have had to do that, but I've never had to do that with a a father. And, uh, and Sean and I so far are pretty lucky. We, we still have our dads. Um, and so I, I was wondering if, if it had impacted you a little more and, and I could tell this last couple of weeks, you've been a, You've really wanted to talk about your dad, Brent, and so I'd, I'd like to ask you a few questions about him and your relationship with him, and yeah, sure, and kind of get you guys' story. So, uh, so basically, from what I know about you, is you were the whoopsie baby, um, ripping the rubber. Came, uh, I think the scientific term is ripping the rubber. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, how old was your dad when he had you? He was forty-five. So he figured out how to be a good dad by that point. That's good. Okay. Um, so uh, as far as – tell us a little bit about your dad. I mean, uh, where, where where did he grow up? Um, and then uh, you did tell us about your, he and your mom, but tell us about some of your early memories of your dad. What was he like? What yeah. You- so he he's definitely grew up in a different time. <laughs> to say the least, um, born in 1925, middle of the Depression, like as dirt poor as dirt poor could be. Um, he was born in a town called Hoxie, Arkansas. He was the third child. So he had a brother that was older. He had a sister that was older. And the home that they lived in, he I think when he was about two years old, uh, the home got destroyed by a tornado. And so oh. the home is no longer there. It's Hoxie, Arkansas is in the northeast corner of, of Arkansas. And so they had to move to a town called Mount Vernon, Illinois, which is probably, it's, it's right in between, right in the middle of the state of Illinois. Um, and equal distance one. between Chicago and St. Louis. Have you? Yeah, if, if you've driven through there, if you've driven between Chicago and St. Louis, you, you go right through Mount Vernon. There's not a lot there. Um, no, there's not. It, it is a bypass. But So that's where he grew up. Uh, the first home they moved into was a relative. And he talked about, I remember we met them once. They drove across and we met them actually in St. Louis and then it kind of went through Mount Vernon and, and he kind of took us on a tour of, you know, the old area and stuff that he remembered. And the home he showed us, he showed us the attic and that's where the kids stayed. And he talked about, it was so cold, but they had a fireplace shoot. And what the kids would do is put their feet up on this fireplace shoot to keep them warm at night, you know? And so, uh, again, a completely different time. He talked about how you could, for a dime, get a St. Louis Cardinals baseball ticket and a ride in the back of a grocery pickup truck to go out and see the game. And so he talked about seeing Cardinals games um, in the in the early 30s and, and late 30s. 
you know, which had like the Gas House Gang and Dizzy Dean, and just these names are just like legends, you know, that that I only hear of, and and so pretty cool stuff. And so, um, when he was, I guess, about thirteen or fourteen, he up and left. <laughs> And uh, just, took off. just took off, had to go make a living, had to get money for the family. Um, my grandfather worked for the railroad and was kind of off and on during that time. And um, this was the early 40s. And he went up to Cleveland, Ohio, hitchhiked up there, and started driving a truck at the age of 14 years old. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, they didn't care about licenses back then, nah. did they? License, no. license, you know, you can insurance, you can hitchhike your way up to Cleveland, you can figure out how to drive a damn truck, you know. They didn't have to, and have so he, he did that for a while up there. What's that? What was they that? said they didn't have to have logs either, truck no. logs, nothing like that. You at know all. what I'm talking about, <laughs> probably doesn't, but nothing like that at all. <laughs> yeah. There was no DOT. There was Safety less government during that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as he was there, forties rolled around, and World War One started. And he tried to, or I'm sorry, you're correct. World War Two began. And so, um, after Pearl Harbor, he went to enlist, and during his physical, they found black spots on his lungs well so he couldn't join the army but he had also heard that they were going to be building airfields out in guam so him and a buddy of his hitchhike all the way across the country to go to guam trying to make their way to i believe san francisco then hop on a boat and then make their way out to guam when he got out to utah past salt lake in the middle of the desert and if you've ever been out in utah and traveled towards Wendover, you know, there's that um, that huge minerals plant like graphite, or I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a it's way off the interstate. Well, he they ran out of money there, and so they had to start working for the mine. And um, he said they did that for about about two to three months to save up enough money to finish hitchhiking <laughs> across the country. Um, so that was his first experience of Utah. <laughs> um, okay. Working that, in a mine. Yeah, working yeah. in a mine and then like going into hitchhiking in a Salt Lake to go to a, a bar and drink for a while and back over and work in the mine and, you know, back and forth and back and forth. Um, well, they made it to Guam. You know, he, he I think he was in Guam for maybe a year, maybe two years building those runways and stuff back there. Came back to California and settled in the Bay Area, and that's where he met my mom. Did he learn how to later. surf in Guam? Or no. Did he? No. No, okay. nothing like that at all. No. Yeah, just busy digging holes and laying asphalt. Let me ask you some questions, though, that are a little more personal, if you're okay with that. Sure. Let me ask you what your favorite memory when you were a kid was, and then when you were a teenager, was there something you and your dad liked to do together that kind of kept you guys close so first memory of your dad when you were a kid i think the favorite memory was when he would come home because he would be out for four maybe five nights at a time and so there was always 
Well, it was either real excitement or real fear because I was about to get my ass beat from all the stuff I'd done while he was gone. <laughs> but generally, it was excitement. Um, I, I remember I would always be, you know, looking out the window and seeing if he's driving up. And um, I think one of my favorite memories is when I was born, he had an old red Ford pickup truck. It was like a 67 Ford pickup truck. And I remember one night he when he came home he arrived in this brand new blue ford pickup truck and so that was like the coolest thing in the world you know just just brand new truck and dad's home and and all that stuff and um yeah so you know because of you know how long he'd worked there and stuff he'd always had a lot of vacation and every summer and you know sean probably remembers this i would disappear for about a month we were gone you know we would travel we had a truck and camper and we would i mean we had trips to florida Um, my sister lived back in virginia back in that time and you know we would drive back there Um, we would drive up into the northeast we went through chicago we went through canada we went up i mean we went everywhere Uh, we drove to alaska one year so i got to see a lot of the country that most people never got to see you know especially my age and um, I think that excitement of traveling kind of carried over to me because I always prefer driving on vacations and stuff like that. So was your dad already retired when you were a teenager? I mean, yeah. He, so he I was I, I was like maybe fourteen or fifteen when he retired. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was always wondering why you got to go on those cool trips and where I was like stuck at home because. We never had any of the cash to go do something where dad was busy at work, right? You were so, the rich Yeah, he, he would cash out. He would get like four weeks and he would cash it out all at once, you know? We weren't rich, Sean. I'm telling you. Your dad probably had more money than, well, I don't know. Well, that, no, maybe back in no, the time we were doing okay. But. I'm just teasing you because I know it gets you upset. Uh, I know. I know. Jeez. Yeah, we were, you guys we were just called the butler, didn't you, kid. Carl? Didn't you What's just that? call the butler from and bring up the BYU bus and be taken, <laughs> shuttled across the whole country, you know? Yeah, that's us. That was us. Well, Sean, I, you know what? I, I, uh, I would like to, uh, well, before we get end with, uh, uh, go to Sean's dad, uh, one thing I, your, I, the things I remember about your dad, he's just the nicest guy in the world. I mean, he was always really friendly, but he was kind of quiet. Um, you know, we'd see him at church every Sunday. Um, at the time when we were younger, I was always kind of curious why he wasn't a member. But then, um, you know, eventually he took the plunge. As they say, he was a dry Mormon for a long time. Um, but then he then he uh, finally was baptized. And I know you don't believe the same way he does, but tell us kind of what made him I mean, change uh, at that late point in his life. Um, it's something that most of us don't do. So he wasn't born into a church. I, I'd asked him before, like, were you baptized? He's like, yeah, I was, I was baptized, but I was just like baptized Christian. You know, one of these down by the river, dunking, evangelical type of, you know, Jesus saves type of deal. Like an old and brother. so I think, and like who? Like, like in Old Brother, Old where, brother art, where Art Thou. Oh, yeah, exactly. I've been saying. It was exactly like that, the way that he described it. Yeah. 
And I wouldn't call my, from what I remember of my grandparents, I wouldn't call them religious. Um, a lot of people in the South, especially during that time and into like the 50s and the 60s, they became very interested in evangelicals like the Jimmy Swaggerts and, and people like that that you would see on TV. So that was more their religious lifestyle, I guess you could say. They weren't church-going people. And so I think, I think being in Utah for an extended period of time, um, being with my mom who was extremely active, I think it was just one of those, you know, if I'm going to do something, this might as well be it. You know, he, he did not believe in it. And um, with everybody around and stuff that seemed to be active in it, I guess it just kind of, you know, made sense to him. Finally said, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I look at the two, you and your mom, and then I look at you and your dad. The more I've gotten to know you, the more I think you're more like your dad. Um, yeah, you know how, I can, how I'll just randomly spit out crazy off? That's, that's my dad. You know, my dad would, <laughs> my dad was very sly and dry with a sense of humor. Like he would, he would say something out there and it would just be funny as hell. But he would say it in the most monotone and straight faced voice, knowing that it's funny. And that's what made it like 10 times funnier, you know? That's, that's, that's where I had gotten that from, is, is from my dad. Well, Sean, Sean you knew this was going to happen. So let me ask you, what, what's your earliest memory of your dad? Uh, tell us, uh, mm. tell us, uh, what kind of feelings you had and what was make it positive if you can will you so oh stop it i've got positive memories of my dad i love my dad you guys are completely misinformed if you think that i don't it's um, not us I know, you're I know the one that makes that. a big deal about your dad we <laughs> like him actually dale's a good guy so i mean brent no, you just heard that statement I'm Dale's just, a fantastic guy. I, don't, I, 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 don't I love Dale with all my heart. I don't heart, complain I really about do. my dad. I just, I'm just honest. I just, I'm just honest <laughs> okay. about everything. Um, all right. Well, tell us your favorite memory of your dad. You're a pops. So your old man. Um, so if I, before I do that, just real quick, um, I, Brent, I loved your dad. He he was always really kind to me, and always very welcoming of, uh, of me over to your house. Um, this, you know, squirrely little kid, he always, he was never rude or mean or anything. And he was always happy to have me come along when my dad and he were golfing. So your dad was a cool dude. Um, I was kind of scared of him when I was little because he wasn't around much and I didn't see him. He wasn't always there. I wasn't sure if he was your dad cause he wasn't always there. You know, like who's this guy? You know, so, right? But um, no, he, he was he was such a great man, and and I I, I loved him. He was a good dude. So thank I'm, you. I'm very sorry that uh, that that um you don't have him with you anymore. So. Yeah. Thank you. I I really do appreciate that. that. Uh, no, I, I I was saying thank yeah. you. I, I I really do appreciate that. Yeah, I I know he was very fond of you. He always spoke very highly of you. Um, he couldn't stand Carl, and he was banned from our house, um, probably because of his college affiliation. But not, you know, he was extremely proud and and happy and and oh, very proud that you supported the Utes. 
in the way that you do, Sean. He did not. He did not support the Cougars, Carl. He did not. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, um, he, um, and he didn't like you because you brought dirty magazines over to Brent's. So I, I heard him say that. No, that was some other house close to Brent's. But not, <laughs> we won't say whose house it was. <laughs> he even had a jukebox. <laughs> Get down, get busy. Let <laughs> me hear your body. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, Sean, best yeah. memory. You're, you're sure. Kid. Right. Let's go. And, and, oh, and before Sean right. starts so with his I'm dad. Not, I'm not. I'm not. I just wanted, I just wanted to say that about Brent's dad. Yeah. Such a and and I want to um, say, like, before you start with your dad, like, when we did the Mother's Day thing, what uh, you talked about with your mom, I was totally blown away. I, I just realized I never really knew your mom. So I've actually been kind of anxious to hear the backstory about your dad, too, because I, I feel like, you know, I just know them as growing up in this area, but I don't know them before. Mm-hmm. So I have to say I'm kind of excited. Right. That was well, a shit You'll have to cowboy. tell me later what. No. He, uh-huh. He's a shit kicker. Um, <laughs> And a lot of the times he was just a Sean kicker. <laughs> All dads are. <laughs> um, so, so as a as a young kid, um, a couple of my favorite memories of of my father are um, one uh, when we would go fishing. Um, fishing is to this day one of my absolute favorite things to do. I could. I could fish every day and never, ever get tired of it. Um, so, uh, and, and I have very, you know, very clear memories of, um, of going and, and him teaching me how to cast and, and, and pull in a, a lure and um, it, yeah, just um, doing that, you know, right at getting up at four o'clock in the morning, which I hated, but um, to, to go fishing and driving in his truck um to get up the mountain and things like uh, going uh, and filling the back of the truck up with wood, having to go out and cut trees down. And, and I don't know why that is a good memory for me because it was really hard and heavy work, but um, it's a good memory to me. It's, I remember it and it's a positive uh, experience. Uh, And I think um, thinking about that, um, it, it, it wasn't about the, the work. The work was, you know, like I said already, it, it was hard and it was heavy and exhausting and spending the entire day doing it. It was the time um, for me. I learned that spending time with people is um, the way that I love them. And so when I am able to spend time with other people that I care about, that um, is for me loving to them and, and, and loving for me back is so people, I think it's one of those things that people call love languages. Um, so that's really the, the, so the, the experiences that I had with my dad were just spending time with him um, outside of, outside of the house, outside of uh, so my grandparents had a farm. Um, uh, both grandparents had land and, and, one set raised sheep, one set raised vegetables and trees. Um, so I spent a tremendous amount of time working. And um, so away from that, just, just spending time doing anything that was fun was, was special to me. 
Um, the other thing that really stands out, um, when I was eight years old, uh, we went and saw Star Wars together. My dad would occasionally, like once a month, um, he would take one of the kids and have a special day with dad. Um, and uh, one of the times that we did that, we went and saw Star Wars. And that was such a, you know, a good memory for me. Um, I took, uh, can't remember, I think both of my sons to go see uh, one of the Star Wars movies when it came out. And it, for me, it was like, it just reminded me of everything that was important about that day with my dad. And I was trying to, you know, create that same kind of memory for my boys. So uh, those are, you know, really, really important. You know, and then there are other things that, you know, as you get older and, things that are important that, uh, that, that I remember, um, you know, and, uh, you, you know, what's cool um, about that. I, I, I ran, I'm I, sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, what's cool about that. And it's one of these things that, you know, I've, I've kind of talked about where as we get older, we realize things that we didn't realize when we were kids. And I'm not saying that like we were dirt poor and starving and anything like that, but you think about that time, you know, you know, young parents, you know, a family of a bunch of kids and being able to spend one-on-one time, you know, with, with your child when you don't have a lot of money, it's, it's, it's priceless, you know, and, and, and it's those, he, he created a moment with you from that, that, you know, at that time, at that moment, you didn't think anything of it, but as you get older and you realize what the real circumstances are, you really gain a great appreciation of, of what was really involved with that, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And, and we were, we were dirt poor, you know, I, I remember one time uh, coming home from school and my mom was sitting on the back porch and she was crying. What's the matter, mom? And we had our power turned off, Hmm. you know, we, we didn't have any power in the house and, you know, it's, my dad worked hard. He, He wasn't unemployed or anything like that, but you know, raising four kids is expensive. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was a, you know, blue collar guy. He didn't, he didn't make very much money. And so, you know, things were tight for a couple of months for whatever reason. And they were late on their power bill. And I hope I'm not embarrassing my parents by telling this story. And I apologize. I've been there. If I am, but it's, <laughs> as a parent, I've it's, been there. It's one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'll have. Yeah. But, and it's they, life, man. And and and, I mean, and if you remember too, you know, it's we, we were in a depression during that time. I, I mean, that's the time when like there wasn't any gas around in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, you know, the gas started right. skyrocketing. You know, from the quarter a gallon to I mean, it jumped up. Like it hit everybody hard over a dollar. Extremely yeah, hard. I mean, I I, rem- I remember having to go wait in. I remember having to go wait in lines uh, to get gas with my parents. Yes. Like, yeah. It's a bizarre, that's that's such a bizarre memory, you know, but. Right. But for us, we were just hopping in the car, you know, we didn't know. (laughs) I think our chauffeur at that time, he had to, (laughs) he only came twice a week. I think we had to bear down a little, you know. His name was Lavelle. It was Cheddar. (laughs) 
His name was Lavelle. Lavelle. Yeah. Lavelle, our Lavelle. butler. Yeah, he came over. Jim, Jim, a guy named Jimmy Mack. He, he was my, he was the guy that, you know, my dad hired to take me out and throw me. Cut your ball, lawn. You know. Steven, yeah. Steven would cut your yard every once in a while. Jimmy, Jimmy would swear a lot, and my mom got a little angry one day. And she so tobacco. Never, never saw me. Steve, Steve would come over though. Steve was a nice guy. Sorry, Sean. We we diluted your story here. I apologize for that. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's, you've made it. You've made it that much better. So, hey, Sean, I I, well, I got a question though, and this is Brent. Same. Well, if if your dad was because, okay, I talked to my dad once every couple of weeks, you know, and he usually, and it was a tradition that he had kind of started when he was younger with his dad, he would call him, he would call him. So my dad would calls all the kids up and just kind of sees how everybody's doing, you know, how their families are. And so I get that contact every couple of weeks. We end up talking mostly about politics or BYU football, but, uh, that's about it. But so it's a uh, terrible conversation. Yeah, well, that's horrible. Lately, lately, it's lately it has been a little rough. He uh, his uh, anyway. Don't don't talk politics around my dad right now. Um, but uh, he's 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 having a rough time. He's not mm-hmm. too happy about the current guy in charge. But uh, anyway, uh, Sean, do you do you do anything with your dad still? Like, do you ever communicate with him or just see him on holidays or? What, what kind of do you have anything that you stay connected with him? That yeah, we I mean we talk. Um, you know, it's mostly over the phone because I, you know, I I live. Yeah, I don't know how far is it between here and Salt Lake. I you know I live eight hundred miles away. So um, you know they 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 usually come down once a year and and we always get up there once a year. So really, I only get to see him a couple of times a year anymore. Um, but we talk. Um, you know, he's, he's always happy to, um, share advice that I usually don't take. <laughs> They're free with advice even to this um, day, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's fine. You know, they, they, you know, one of the things that I learned about being a parent of an adult is that, um, I still love my kids. Like they were little and I don't, you know, obviously need to take care of them the way that I used to, but I still, I still want to help them. And sometimes it, like with my dad, sometimes that's just talking. And, um, I, I try not to, you know, share opinions where it's not asked. Um, but, uh, I, I understand that that's what dad, you know, trying to connect and, you know, just trying to show me that he loves me. And, um, you know, he, I, I haven't lived in Utah for 30 plus years now. So you, most of my interaction with my mom and dad is, has been kind of limited for, for that, for that time. So, uh, but I love them. You know, they're, they're great. He, he doesn't golf anymore. Um, his, he can't do it. His um, back. But we, we did that all the time when I was growing up, at least once a month, my dad and I would go golfing as when I was a teenager from, the time I was a young teenager until I, you know, was gone. So, so all right, you guys want to know. So tell us about Kent. Why I'm a BYU fan? Because you guys have asked me that like a million times. Reason I'm a Cougar fan. 
I was going to say, the reason why I asked for your earliest memory is this. My earliest memory was uh, going to a BYU game with my dad. And so that was the, uh, well, let's put it this way. He was a new dad. The one memory that I do cherish, I guess you could say, would be the one where uh, we would go to a football game together. And so it was the one time where um, I knew I wasn't in trouble for something I didn't do. So <laughs> I didn't, I, I wasn't getting my ass tanned because I was uh, doing something right. I was at a game with him. And so, you know, it just happened that BYU at that time was really good. And, and they sucked before that. Um, and they know, suck now. He went to college. And, and they uh, suck now. <laughs> oh, they're, they're freaking awesome. But anyway, the, and the reason, the reason I'm still a Cougar fan is because of that connection. Um, and, you know, my kids have enjoyed it too, going with me to football games. But I think over time, though, I mean, the connection, I didn't go to school there. So, I mean, once he's gone, I probably won't spend a lot of time on UIU anymore. So I'm still not going to root for the damn Utes. Oh, my gosh. that That's that's never going to happen. So you guys can forget it. We'll see. I'll adopt that's someone. We'll see. That I don't understand, Carl. Anyway. So, so do you remember, like, what, like what's the – I'm glad that you explained that. What's that? Go ahead, Sean. You guys – I'm just glad that you explained all of that about Cougar fans because all of this time I thought it was because you liked older women. Yeah, that's right. Now I, now I get it. So, I do so like you, older I, women too. I didn't understand You, you were talking about like your earliest memory. Like what's the earliest football game? Like can you remember play, like who was quarterback? Like how far back are we talking? Well, I mean, it was 1978 when the old stadium was still there. So is that like Mark Wilson time? Is that? Well, I remember going to some of the basketball games at the Wilkinson Center, the old place where the Smith Field House. I don't remember that place at all. I I remember the Marriott Center, but I don't remember that place. Four or five. My mom and dad would go. It was really loud. They were probably worried. They were worried about everything when I was. And I remember what a big deal the expansion was on the stadium too. Like that was just unheard of. Oh yeah. Something that big. Well, we had season tickets when I was, when we were rich, um, between (laughs) age 12 and 14. So we'd go to every Saturday shot, we'd go to the BYU games and, uh, because we were rich, and uh, I just want to make sure I emphasize I, that. I remember uh, that, actually. Actually, the other the other good memory I have was when we were living up in Seattle. This was unrelated to BYU. Uh, I don't know if I didn't you guys know you lived there. in Seattle, but we yeah. lived in a place called Snohomish. Yeah. It's a little suburb, and uh, we were there about a year. My dad was a sales rep for Breon Laboratories. Anyway, we would go down to the Sound, Puget Sound, every weekend, pretty much, because... Um, he liked the seashore, and so he'd drag us down, my sister and I, Krista, and we'd get these big green five-gallon buckets, and we'd walk around, and there'd be these little mini crabs and little fish, and then we'd put those in the buckets and then take them home with us, and, of course, they'd die. But uh, one of the things our neighbor would do a lot would be to catch actual big crabs. And so I remember some of my earlier memories of Dad bringing home the crabs. They were in the in the sink, which, and they were, you know, clawing around. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, that's cool. And then my mom would start boiling the water, right? Steam them. I'd be like, throw those suckers in there, and you'd hear them scream. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy. So 
Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. My sister cried, but I, I thought it was awesome. And, I had no uh, idea you guys lived in Seattle. Oh yeah, it was. It was. That was. I, I didn't. I mean, it was really pretty. Mm-hmm. I remember, and and there was a lot to do outside. However, it rained all the time, so it, in in that way, it sucked. So I I remember being inside a lot. Um, my dad. Okay, this is a funny kid story. So it was a rental house. It was up on a hill. And there was these two side streets. It was pretty busy streets, too. We had these slugs. Now, slugs are very common. They're like snails because it's raining all the time. They're everywhere, on your in your lawn, in your house. Uh, my mom screamed at 2 in the morning one morning because she stepped on one in the kitchen. <laughs> so my dad it's would not. do – my dad at first, before he realized salt can dissolve uh, slugs – would go around when he first moved in and flip. He'd just pick up the slugs and flip them out into the street. Well, one day, one of the neighbors was coming down the hill, and he had flipped about 50 of them in the same spot. The neighbor hits the brakes, and then all of a sudden starts skidding off the road where he hit the slugs. And my dad's like, oh, shit, better not do that again. So uh, one of the guys at work said, just put salt on them, kid. So he goes out the next day, starts and then he sees them dissolve, and he's like, yeah. And so he goes around, and he kills hundreds of Brutal. My dad's the only buddy, only person in Seattle that's out in his front yard with a salt <laughs> shaker killing slugs. And I'm like, why are you doing that? They're just going to come back. But anyway, it was, that was pretty awesome. So, uh, Sean, Sean, do you, Sean, do you have any stories about Kent? I know you and Kent are really close from our – Visit there in Phoenix when you guys talked for a while and just bypassed me. Is oh, there any right. stories you want to share, in. Sean, at all? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that that's was, right. <laughs> that's funny. That, that was, was pretty funny. funny. So, you know, yeah, I got a couple stories. Um, um, a couple, so two things. Two things that I remember really, really well about Kent. Um, he was friends. always playing devil's advocate. That's funny. He was, he was always playing devil's advocate, um, like even in oh, yeah. church. So, like, uh, you, you go to Sunday school or something, and and there's Kent, you know, <laughs> taking the other side of the, the street on things. And I always, I always thought that that was so – I thought he was the most interesting person there. You know how much it ticked you my know? mom off, though? I just – Oh, my gosh. She, she's, she's just a – she's a – rock like Brent's mom just you know complete believer and uh and uh my dad scared the hell out of her at times <laughs> well I I I I thought it was really cool I uh-huh. I just you know he would say things that you would never hear from anyone else and I was I always just liked listening to him talk about stuff because it was always something you know, I one thing that I really hate is um, getting cookie cutter answers from people when you ask them a question, and you get that so much in um, in uh, in in. Uh, we'll Mormon, learn about it uh, in the next Sunday life. school classes, right? Yeah, we'll hear. About yeah, it. so it was just. I just thought your dad was just a really interesting person, and I always thought he was really really smart. Um, and then you know, uh, we, you know uh, what, we, you we, know what, you know which calling Sean that that kind of sparked that with him. Um, I don't know. Let's see, it was uh, the Tanners, Tammy, 
Melinda Morrill. Uh, Marty, I think, was in our class. So he I don't think he was in my dad's class, but it was the class a couple years ahead of us. And he, he taught them uh, when they were in uh, before. The, well, they I were think Marty was ahead of us. Maybe. I don't know. But all I know is one of the things that he taught was one of the kids had said something to him. I keep hearing in church that I know this church is true. I remember and talking about that. He, they said, I don't know that it's true. Yeah, I don't remember which which of his class said that. But my dad really thought about that. And, and he says, you know, you're right. No one knows the church is true. Uh, I remember know, your dad once that. said, how do you know? Tell me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are are you know. just saying it because the person before you said that and the person before them said that and the person before them said that and the person before them said that? I, I remember him talking about that once. I thought it was very, very Well, you hear the four-year-olds get up and go, I know the church is true. Yeah. I know Joseph Smith yeah. was a prophet. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah how do you know that? You know, uh, and I think after a while, you know, it, it, it's the, I mean, it's almost like a catechism for Mormons, you know, to get up that, that I know the church is true. I know Joseph right. Smith, the prophet. I love my mom and dad, you know, and you do that from four years old to 16 or 17. And my dad, to 40 or 50. <laughs> yeah, it drove him crazy. And I think, I think yeah. his message resonated with the youth our age. And it, it, it didn't resonate as much with the old guard in Sunday school in the older adult class, but they loved it. Uh, some of them really loved it because he made them think. And that's one thing I, I will love about my dad is he he always made me think. So no, but I uh, think all, one of the do. things that he taught us or that I learned from him was, and, and it's something that I still adhere to today is don't believe something just because somebody tells you it, like, look at it, research it, find out for yourself. You know, he's, he's always been that, you know, look it up. And and if you believe it after you read about it and go through it, then yeah, you know, that that's what you go with, but don't just accept stuff because somebody tells you to, you don't have to do that. To this day, I I live like that. I I, I definitely uh, remember him talking about not being a lemming. So the other thing Mm -hmm. that, um, the other thing that I remember about your dad, um, and that is a really good memory of mine, is when we went to uh, when we went to uh, Zion's camp, our uh, our famous or infamous Zion's oh, camp. Oh, Zion's camp! Yeah, um, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he, he he was a funny dude. I mean, he said he he was he joked around with us a lot. I mean, I just thought your dad was so much fun. And you know, he we even played bought poker. the pennies from Zion um, so we could gamble. Play poker. <laughs> yeah, play poker with us. And he's standing. He's standing. I've never. I don't remember playing poker before. I think I had maybe a couple of times, but I didn't really understand the game. And so we're we're sitting there playing, and the only thing that I knew how to play were, um, you know, twos or, or you know, having a pair and you know and all of that other stuff. So if I had groups of, of cards, so twos or threes or fours of the, of the same suit, right. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything about flushes at the time or anything. And so your dad's standing behind me and I had, 
I had a royal flush, and I folded, and your dad lost it. Is that a royal flush? <laughs> he, he, I had a, yeah. Dude, you should have gone all in. Dad's it, like, do you, know how rare, do you know how rare that hand is? Why did you do <laughs> that? You know, you just, I can't believe I you just threw away flush. that hand, Sean. It, you know how many was, years I played it, poker? I have I never was had in, a royal flush. So you threw away a royal well, flush, Sean? Apparently I was just, oh. I didn't know. And that's, so that's why your dad was having a cow. <laughs> he was having a cow because he, that's what he said. Do you know how rare that is? This problem oh is gosh, you're playing with a bunch away. of kids that play. Well, I don't know. When you were growing up in the church, were you ever told that playing he was cards disgusted were evil? by me. Were, were you ever yeah. when were I was you little. told playing cards were evil? I was. I, I heard some. Yeah, when I was little. Yeah. Yeah, Spencer Kimball said from. that uh, the face cards. Uh, Spencer Kimball, he he said that uh, that face cards had uh, the influence of the devil. Anyway, well, so, hey man, uh, so I, I want to ask you guys a question because yeah. we're all fathers ourselves here. So I found in raising kids, I would always have these moments of you really shouldn't be laughing at what's going on here because you have to be an adult here, but oh my God, that's really awesome that that happened. <laughs> so I want to ask each of you if you've had that moment and, and what that moment would be. Hmm. Like with your kids? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You as a dad with a moment where like you had to act like a dad, but what they did was actually really kind of funny and cool too. <laughs> Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh huh. Or what? what what's what's a what's a legit parenting moment that you had with your child that you look back on and it's like, God, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I think you, you want to say yours. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. No, I said you, Brent. Brent should say his because I got to think. Go ahead, Brent. So being as crazy as I am, I actually have multiple ones, but the one I can share right off the bat is um, in our house, we have three levels and and we have stairs that go down. And my boy was sliding down the handrail over and over and over again. I kept telling him, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Well, I ended up grabbing him, picking him up, putting him on top of the side table in the kitchen and pulling out the biggest knife. Pull it out. He looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm cutting the damn thing off. Cutting the leg off right now. And he goes, why? Why are you doing that? I said, because you're going to break the damn thing. I'm going to have to take you to the hospital. And then they're going to have to cut it off there. It's going to cost me a lot of money. I'm just cutting it off right now. So I lifted my arm up like this. He was like, no, nah! you know, he's never gone down that banister ever since. That's awesome. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. Well, that, that does. Oh man. My dad used to tease me about a square needle that he'd take me in and get a. And when I was being a, a little shit, he'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm going to take you in and you're going to get a square needle shot. I'm like, what do you mean square needle? He says, the needle is actually square. It's going to hurt real, real bad. And it's big. Square needle. 
jeez. That worked. It worked every time. That's what your <laughs> dad did. Square needle, man. That's what your dad did. What did you do? What? I can't hear your you, Your dad Sean. did that to you. What did you... Your dad oh, did that to did you. What did I do? Oh, with my you? kids? Oh, uh... I, well, I, <laughs> yeah, it, I told you I didn't spank him, but it it didn't mean I, I wasn't kind of a... I, I did have... So my dad used to do this really well. Before he spanked me, he'd take his belt off, and he'd snap it, like, whoosh, 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 you know? And it'd be yep. like... But oh yeah, that, yeah. That just psychological trauma. Yeah, you just get your eyes balls going. Whoa, shit! And then uh, I got hit with I, the belt first, and then he just had to tap his belt buckle after that. That's all he had to do. Yeah, so 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 that's what I learned to do with my three boys, and so or four boys. Um, I the youngest one didn't get this very often. In fact, I didn't need to, but um, I just snapped that sucker two or three times as loud as I could and hard as I could, and then you know I'll be like, "All right, boys, you're gonna get it." And I'm thinking in my head, going, "Yeah, like I'm going to hit him that hard." I'm almost laughing at the terror I'm causing, and then I'm thinking, "That's probably bad to be thinking that way, Carl. You know, you shouldn't be delighting your son's terror." But it used to, it worked. You know, if I could get yeah. the mama not as unhappy and, and get her settled down, so she's not screaming at me and the kids, and they started behaving, then my life was a lot better. That I could go sit in the room and watch TV without having to be disturbed by it all. That was all it was about was just shutting them up so I could uh, get back to my TV show so I could depress, uh, decompress after work. So um, I I don't know. I think I think the fun, the most fun I had was with my daughter. Um, uh, she was 16 and the guy that came over one night, um, she'd been out with him before, but he had never met me. And I'm a big guy, as you guys know. And uh, so he comes to the front door, and he's this little skinny, you know, uh, uh, what are the latte boy kind? You know, I would talk soy boy. Latte boys for some reason. The soy, soy boy. boy. Anyway, yeah, his name, I think his name was Brody, but uh, she ended up <laughs> she ended up with him for a while. But uh, anyway, he comes to the door. Is Brody it's still a first, boy? The first curious. real date, you know, and. He answers, and I said, yeah, who are you? He's like, uh, Brody. And I said, what do you want? And he's like, well, I want to go. Uh, I'm supposed to go out with Mindy. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, what time are you going to bring her home at? Uh, what time should I bring her home at? 1030. It was like 9 o'clock already. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, 1030? I'm like, uh-huh, 1030. Uh-huh. And I said, uh, you want to come in my living room? You want to come back into my den? I've got my gun. I'm, I'm polishing it. He's like, no, no, that's okay, sir. I'll, I'll get your daughter home at 1030. I said, and then my, 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 my wife's giving me shit behind, you know, my back. And then my daughter comes up, you know, down the hall. She's like, dad, stop it. I'm like, okay, okay. So he got lucky, but he did get her at 1030. She came home at 1030. So I had to give him credit, but that was the last time I had any control of that. And then it, what's what's the most uncomfortable thing as a dad is hearing about your daughter's sex life, yeah, uh, and and then being told to shut your damn mouth by your daughter and your wife uh, when you have a problem with the whole thing and uh, and feeling like a complete heel, uh, yeah, that 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 is one of the most difficult points of being a dad. 
uh, I'd never, I never want to go through that again. So I was blessed with just one daughter. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the guys are concerned, I, I mean, I really, I mean, now, I mean, they're, they're all pretty good boys, but I, I've always told them there's a box in the closet. It's got something called a prophylactic. Go get, you know, I showed him one time how to put it on a banana and I said, that's how you use it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it, but if you get someone pregnant, I'm going to have to kill you. So uh, just make sure you don't do something stupid. And that was it. I haven't heard anything else from them since then. So um, it's been several years now. So it's been very peaceful. So you haven't you haven't worn a dress to meet any of their boyfriends or girlfriends at all? You haven't done that? Oh, hell no. Yeah, hell no. You have? I have, yes. Oh, my gosh. Did you really? <laughs> I did, You dressed yeah. up in a dress? I did. I, I <laughs> met Bobby's girlfriend that he brought over once. What I come walking do? out wearing a dress, just acting just as normal as, as everything. You know, I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm Bobby's dad. How does this make me look? You know, she didn't know what to think. You know, Did you put he's on just a he's just shaking his head. He's like, oh. <laughs> that's funny, man. <laughs> what, their eyes must have just pop right out of their skulls. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you ever have any of those experiences? I wish I had done yeah. Um, I mean, so. When my when my daughter, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, much better. Can you, you can hear me okay? All right. So my um my my baby, um, she actually gets mad when I call her my baby now because she's eighteen. Dad, I'm eighteen. I'm not a baby. Okay. Well, you're still a baby. You're still my baby. Anyway, um, when she was uh, when she was little, and apparently. And I, I actually do remember this now, but I didn't when she told me at the time. Um, she was losing one of her teeth, and she was afraid to pull it out. I, th- I think it was she was afraid to, to pull it out. And I told her, you know what? Go wrap a string around it in the bathroom, and tie it to the door, and slam it shut, and that'll pull it out. And I don't want you to come out of the bathroom until you've done that. And, you know, I was just kidding, of course. And she told me that she sat in the bathroom and cried for like an hour because <laughs> she thought I was serious. So <laughs> I guess that's the, you know. You whip, pull your tooth out. <laughs> you bet. Yes, yeah, so when you have a dry sense of humor like Brent's talking about with his father, I, I kind of have the yeah. same sense of humor, dry and. You know, I say stuff and I sound serious, but I'm not at all. <laughs> Apparently, that doesn't go over real well with little kids. So oh. it might be, yeah. So, Did she pull it out? I, I actually felt terrible. No. she. Oh. I think she finally came out and said that she, uh, she couldn't do it. I can't do it. You've been in there all this time? <laughs> you know, just... Not good. Oh, Not good. Oh, I'll tell you, I, I can, there's a story I can't tell, but uh, being dad's a awesome, I think awesome we all thing. Have yeah, but uh, it is. And- you know, I, I think that's the best thing about my life has been being a dad. I mean, that I, I, I don't think I would have traded that for anything. Um, and my kids all know that. 
Um, you know, I mean, you know, I wasn't a great husband, I guess, but I, 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 I have been a pretty good dad. So, um, you know, I hope my kids just, you know, that's the only thing I hope they take from it is it's okay being a dad or a mom and, uh, um, being dad is just awesome. I, I, you guys all are good dads too. I know you guys love your kids and, and if, I don't know, have you, I mean, am I wrong in saying that it's the best experience a guy can have in life? No, no, it's, no, nope. it's, it's from, better. from the moment you first hold your child, you know, in, in your arms, you, you feel the change over you, you know, you, like you wake up, you know, and, and I think that's a tribute from, you know, the three of us being raised from great fathers themselves, you know, kind of passed down to us and now recognizing that we're now in those shoes. And believe me, anybody who is stupid enough to think I could be a great father is really insane. <laughs> but, you know, I mean. You must have been a fun dad, though. Just, I just must admit. too much of a uh, kid uh, still, you know. But yeah. it's still those times of discipline when you got to be a dad. But most sometimes you just, like, look at this stuff and you're like. Like okay. I've said to Tracy numerous times, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, we need to really punish him. But, oh, my God, that was awesome. <laughs> well, okay. Who, who, would your parent, who would your kids think are meaner, you or your, your wife? Who, oh, my who wife. Who is the best disciplinarian? Oh, my wife. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, hands Crazy down. Stuff. Yeah, okay. All right. And Sean, you and Rachel, who was the disp- who was the bad guy? Who was the good cop, bad cop? Let's put it that way. Uh, I think it was I think it was pretty even. Was it pretty, pretty even? Pretty level playing okay. field. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was pretty level. It was pretty even, too, in our if house. You ask so. them. <laughs> when they were little kids – I think I enjoyed the fact I had to work a lot and she had to stay at home with them because that would have driven me bat, bat shit crazy. But uh, I think they did her a few times. Um, she, <laughs> she, she paddled the hell out of them a few times. So, but uh, I don't blame her. <laughs> they would drive me crazy. But as they're adults and as they're teenagers, I mean, uh, I've had a, I've had a ball. So. Well, guys, hey, that this has been great. I got to get to dinner. I'm speaking of being a dad, so I still. It's good, guys. Great catching up yeah. again with y'all. Yeah, has been. All right. Well, hey, um, and um, we should you audience get back to a little more regular schedule. Person, by the way. What's that, Sean? I said you both look so much better on camera than you do in person. <laughs> Smell yeah. better too, probably. <laughs> hey, that was a fun trip, though, guys. It, it was, was fun. Um, it was very good. The and, rotating, and the only thing it was kind of the rotating sushi part that kind of got me a little bit. But other than that, it was it was it was a fun time. What? It was good. I know I had a good time. It was man. good. Uh, I'll pick the no, sushi next time. Weeks. Yeah, you pick the sushi next time. All right, guys. You have a great weekend. Great talking to you guys. Get back at it.